Welcome everyone to this special edition episode of Cry Havoc. I decided recently, based off of listening to another fellow comedian's podcast, actually, Donovan Stroud on the Go Don't Go Postal podcast, gave me the inspiration to start doing some solo episodes. So I wanted to at least start with the theme of origin stories, where it'll be background on myself personally this first one i chose to be about my jobs and occupations that i've had throughout the various years i go through every single fucking one of them so if that sounds interesting to you you got plenty to go ahead um the episode ended up being like an hour long i didn't think i'd have nearly that much but i really hope that you enjoy it and I really hope that you also check out the Don't Go Postal podcast with Donovan Stroud. And also, enjoy this brand new fucking slapping ass theme song. Thanks to uh, Jimmy Gonye again. Thank you. I don't know. I can work with this. I can yeah. work with this. The definition of consciousness. Yes. I can make a dollar out of a dime here. We somehow... Obviously, feet is number one. first solo episode of cry havoc i um wanted to start with doing work like jobs i've had in the past because for one it's a very common like it's the most common question that somebody's going to ask you first thing when they meet you is oh what do you do for a living and you know knowing where somebody has worked and what jobs they've had over the past however many years is probably one of the more interesting parts of most people's lives it's usually the driving force behind whatever it is that they're doing or end up doing or where they end up living i mean even my parents like the whole reason i'm in augusta georgia is because my dad found a job here and moved from michigan to fucking georgia and um I'll never be the same since. Uh, I got my first job when I was 15 years old. And that was at McDonald's. Basically, like, the most basic of basic jobs on the fucking planet. And I fucking hated it. Just like basically every other extracurricular activity I ever had to do. And, I mean, I was getting, like eight to ten hours a week and since I was homeschooled it was during the middle of the day usually because I was the only one who had availability for that time so I would end up working with a lot of the older crew at McDonald's instead of like with all the other high schoolers that work the night shift so I got to see like the side of McDonald's is like what it's like when you're 
actually having to try and sustain yourself off of this fucking terrible job at this terrible wage and you've been working there for like 30 something years and you're still like at 825 instead of like 750 an hour and like it just baffles me how they're allowed to pay so little to their employees and even when I worked there back then it was crazy and back then you could get a cheeseburger for a dollar and now there is not one on the fucking menu that's a dollar um I quickly learned there that it was I didn't want to get stuck in a job like that I didn't want to get stuck in an entry-level position where I'd be constantly grinding for the rest of my life for no for, for no reason not to like talk down about people that work at McDonald's for their whole life but like I don't know man there's it's definitely uh higher moons to shoot for um after McDonald's, I basically just worked there throughout high school until I needed an actual job, which paid enough for me to live on my own because my mom gave me the choice. Well, both of my parents gave me the choice of either go to college or start some sort of career path that doesn't involve college. And at this point, I was completely unaware that trades work was a fucking thing. I didn't know it was possible to be an electrician. I just had no idea. And, um, I found a job at Cheddar's Casual Cafe, which was so, I mean, waiting tables is just a nightmare in and of itself. Like, no matter where you're at. And then, obviously, no matter where you're at, there's going to be a shitload of drama. And there fucking was. And, um, that was the first place that I ever smoked a cigarette. Because I was so fucking frustrated that I started smoking. And that was like... There was one good takeaway from that job, though. And it taught me that, like... One of the things one of my managers always drilled into my head was that you should consolidate your steps. That if you're going to the back for something, you should make sure if there's anything that any of your other tables also need to go and get that thing. And I have carried that shit forward to every single job or task that I've ever had to do. It's just like, go for efficiency, get everything that you possibly can get. Um, I also learned at that job that like some people can be kind of shady especially when it comes to money stuff like taking tables and like you know favoritism by managers and whatnot and I thought you know I was very naive homeschool kid thought everything was gonna be fine and the whole world was you know like people are all people and we should all love each other and yada yada but it quickly realized it was not that way and realized that I wanted to work somewhere that I liked working and that's when I heard about GameStop that GameStop was hiring and I like seriously went in there every single fucking day for like two weeks in a row asking about my goddamn ap application and eventually got an interview and the guy who hired me told me that 
he was not going to hire me at all because the guy that I had gotten the recommendation from said that um, my boss said the guy who gave me the reference was the worst employee that they had there at the time. <laughs> so he was like, I was not trusting his reference whatsoever. I thought you were going to be terrible. But then he told me that my interview was so good that he knew that I'd be okay at it. And GameStop definitely taught me that, like, you can enjoy what you're doing while you're, like, at work. You can enjoy doing something that you like and get paid for it. And that, like, that's really, like, important to my entire life philosophy at this point. <laughs> like, it changed me entirely. To the point where I was like, fuck yeah, I'm never gonna, like, make another decision based on, you know, like, not my happiness. Like, I want to make all of my decisions from here on out based on what is gonna be the most fun for me, basically. And then my boss that I loved so much left and went to... Uh, Urban Outfitters Distribution Center in uh, Trenton, South Carolina. It's not even there anymore. Um, and the new boss that came in was just super corporate. The whole GameStop scene was changing at the time. The They had just started selling like tablets and phones and stuff and all the whole numbers system. I don't know if a lot of people that are listening to this probably have worked at GameStop at some point. I know a lot of people that have. And um, it's all about them pre-orders. All about them power-up cards. Just like any retail store like that does. Like, they're always trying to peddle their money-making stuff. Or their creepy spy stuff. Which is like the power-up cards and the Kroger cards and all that. I've been using my mom's philo phone number for my entire life because i feel like they would be creeping on me if i got a kroger card of my own and that's the whole reason they want you to get it is to know exactly what you're purchasing and uh figure out your habits for advertising purposes of course like i also try and like since i know that the ads are going to get in there somehow, some way, like the ads are going to find my mental profile and show me advertisements based on that. So I'd like to make sure that they get it right. So that's why, you know, all the foot stuff. Um, I got an ad for a mattress. Again, another fucking ad with bare feet, bare soles, just right there, middle of the screen, and I was like, this is very targeted. Felt. Anyway, GameStop. So, I, um, I really did enjoy my time there. I got to be a manager there for a little while, and just talking to people about video games on a day-to-day -day basis is just, obviously, I love fucking talking. That's why I'm doing this right now. But 
just talking straight up about video games and getting to know people and their taste in video games and hearing about new video games and knowing every single thing that's coming out exactly when it's coming out is a really cool thing. Not to mention getting to borrow the games for free, which they let you do as an employee. I'm not sure anymore. I'm almost positive, though. Um, but yeah, the new boss wasn't really working out, so I decided I would... Um, follow the old boss that I really liked. I figured that was the main important part of the job. If that was what was making it fun, then it could be fun over at a distribution center where I'm driving a forklift. Does not translate. He had, like, a lot less influence over what we were doing. I mean, I did get promoted fairly quickly there, but it was still, like, on that forklift every single day. 12 hours a day, six to seven days a week, usually, once it started hitting peak time, like Black Friday and stuff. But I did, I made a shit ton of money while I was there. It was making bank. And then overtime on top of that, and then overtime, overtime on top of that, and then getting paid for holidays while you're working holidays. And like, I mean, it was, it was depressing to say the least. It was like, walking into this giant concrete building that's so huge that by the time you walk back to the break room to eat your lunch, you've already used up a third of your time allotted for lunch. So you have to clock out at the back of the building, go all the way to the front of the building to take your lunch break, which is a 10 minute walk, and then eat your lunch in 10 minutes, and then take 10 minutes to walk back to the clock out, or to clock back in, so that you can clock back in in time in 30 minutes. It's, yeah, not quite Bezos level, but it was rough, especially for that much time where, you know, you go to work in the morning, work for 12 hours, go back home and go to sleep, wake up, go to work in the morning, go to work for 12 hours it's just never ending you never have any time for yourself but also as a lot of faithful capitalists pointed out to me at the time you don't have any time to spend all that money so you could go ahead and save it so i did um and then you know proceeded to spend it very quickly after i had saved it and decided to not be there anymore i hated it so much and I was like you know what the whole premise behind me coming here was that I wanted to be happier and that has had the opposite effect the only thing positive that came out of Urban Outfitters was Dylan and that you know <laughs> he's definitely been a roller coaster ride of a friendship so uh I left Urban Outfitters, it was a regular day just like any other fucking day, I had just been working and working and working and working, and nothing in particular happened, I just had been thinking for a while that I had enough money saved up in the bank at that point. It, if I wanted to just quit, I would have time to find another job. And I decided that day on my lunch break, I was like, I 
used the walkie-talkie to walkie-talkie my boss and said, hey, can you meet me in the lunchroom? And they were like, yeah, sure. And, you know, like five minutes later, they show up. And I was like holding my fucking walkie-talkie and my security badge and shit. And I was like, here you go. I quit. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. And they were like, um, oh, okay. And I just got my pockets checked and left and never looked back. Didn't have anything else lined up. Just decided, fuck this shit. I am out. There was like a person at one point that came in and tried to like threaten to shoot the place up. It was an ex-employee because like the place is a nightmare. It's like constant drudgery. And, like, I don't blame the guy. It's crazy. Um, after that, though, I spent a little bit of a hiatus from working. I had, I think it was, like, maybe a month where I wasn't doing anything at all. Fucking phenomenal. Just a breath of fresh air. Just beautiful. Um... If I could just, you know, get universal basic income and never do anything else with my life, that would be fantastic. Um, but after that, I knew I had to eventually find something. So I figured, what kind of experience do I have? Well, I don't want to go back into food, really. But I do have, quote, management experience now for at least a couple of years. And, um... I started looking around at different managerial, managerial jobs, um, and the only one that I could find that would give me a call back was fucking Zaxby's, assistant store manager, and assistant store manager sounds like a pretty prestigious position in the store. When I was at GameStop, that was the second highest position that you could attain in that specific building. Like, without becoming a district manager or whatever. So I assume assistant store manager is a pretty big fucking deal. It's a salary job. I show up and I'm like, alright, let's, you know, do this. I think this will be cool. I can, you know, as long as I'm not the you know, grunt work person in the fast food place. Like, I can handle being a manager. And, uh, turns out, assistant store manager at Zaxby's means you do exactly the same thing the hourly workers do, just for more hours and salary instead of hourly pay. So, they actually end up paying you not less than the hourly workers, but very minimally more than the hourly workers it was a total scam basically and the whole assistant store manager title was basically just fluff to make you feel better about it and then on top of that they had um they tried to do the one thing that i literally will never do and that is more online computer schooling they had this stupid Zaxby's University bullshit 
where they tried to teach you how thin you're supposed to slice tomatoes, eighth of an inch, but how to batter and fry chicken tenders, and like, albeit I didn't know any of that shit, but I was not in the mood to be learning all that shit, that's not why I came there, I was there to, you know, make bank, that's what I thought I was gonna do, but anyway, so I was there for like a week, and during this time, I had been emailing back and forth with this former youth pastor that I knew from back in the Awana days. And, um, he had started a business called Bricks for Kids. And I was very interested in this business because I love Legos and that's the entire basis for the business was teaching kids and doing summer camp stuff with kids using Lego bricks. So I had been messaging him on Facebook and I put it in his application process or whatever. It was his business. So he was the one, you know, doing the hiring and everything. Uh, I did an interview with him, which he had us play a game of sorry. And he thought that was like, he explained it as, you know, that it's a better interview process. Cause I get to see like your sportsmanship or whatever, like how, uh, aggressive you are in a game or like how uh how you think if you think like a tactician or if you think like you know just pure random emotion which like it's sorry so i there's just not a lot of layers to it chess i could understand like that would be a good interview tool for sure but um sorry and sorry not sorry uh and it's fun getting into trouble sometimes. Perfection. <laughs> I'm about to ruin this whole operation. Um, but anyway, I had no idea. I had some idea that he was going to hire me. I thought he would hire me. I built my own name tag out of Legos before I went into this interview. So, like, I was like, I swear if I don't get this, I don't think anybody else should. And, um, I was still working at Zaxby's and there was one morning that I just woke up and I had that funny feeling again of like, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. It is excruciating to me. So after my alarm for getting dressed and going to work went off, I shut that thing off, went back to sleep. Woke up, I was supposed to be there at 9 a.m. Just to, like, start, they don't open until 11, but you gotta be in there to, like, cut up tomatoes and shit. Eighth of an inch. And then, I got, I, like, woke up at, like, 11, 11.30. Grabbed my uniform, just went up there in, like, regular jeans and a t-shirt or whatever. Went up there with my uniform under my arm. And went into the manager's office in the back. And they were like, oh, thank God you're here. We thought you weren't going to be coming in today. And I was like, yeah, I quit. And they're like, what? Really? I was like, yeah. And then just kind of backed out slowly and just left. And just 
Bye bye. Um, not still not knowing whether or not I got the bricks for kids job. I stopped to get gas on the way home from quitting Zaxby's, checked my phone and my email, and there was the acceptance email from the bricks for kids job. So I got that one the second that I, sometimes you got to take that leap of faith. That's what I'm saying. Gotta have faith, faith, faith. Um, which ironically, Bricks for Kids was a Christian organization, technically, I guess. I mean, not specifically, but there was a lot of, uh, they did do, uh, Bible weeks, I think. Most, it was basically just, the only difference was the Legos would be in the shape of Jesus and VeggieTales would be on the TV. So, it's not too intrusive. But anyway, Bricks for Kids probably, I mean, other than stand-up comedy, one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. Like, something I could actually see myself, like, doing until I die, if the money was right. Like, if I could make enough money at it, I would just do that until I was dead. It was just fine. I loved it. Sometimes, sure, the, there were some kids that were just little shitheads. Most of their names end in Aiden. Jaden, Brayden, Caden, Aiden. Um, I think it's pretty much every letter of the alphabet. And then Aiden after it. Just watch out for those kids. It might not be every single one of them that's an asshole, but every asshole does have that name. Um... But yeah, so most of the time at Bricks for Kids, we were just like doing a little short lesson on how the Legos actually work. And like we would make like a, say a remote control car and you have this battery, you have a motor that connects to the battery and then out of the motor, you can connect a Lego piece to it. That motor just does the one circular motion. It either goes forward or it goes backward and that's the entire motor process, everything from there on out is 100% pure Lego. So if you say put like a little tiny gear on the motor piece, spinning a really big gear, you can get a lot more power out of it than say, you know, like it just, you can do the gear systems differently. I don't remember all the math right now because it's been a while, but um, it was one of the more fun things to do was set up RC cars and then race them and the kids could build their own like it's completely customizable outside of just the you know chassis of the RC car is just a square with wheels on it and then the motor uh, on top of that we would have like Lego building competitions where we would have them go on a specific theme and see who could build the best whatever like a Pokemon or the best superhero character or whatever it was but during the summer camp we had so much time we had you know we had these kids for like eight to ten hours a day well like eight hours a day probably some of them maybe longer if their parents showed up late to get them but anyway so they had all sorts of stuff going on all throughout the day and one of my main tasks at that job ended up being like Lego arms dealer for this children's war between all of the middle school to elementary to middle schoolers 
because they would all like they would want a gun or they would want a sword and like I would be very hesitant like I think I only made a steampunk pistol one time as like you know I didn't want to make anything that they could actually use as weapons to hurt each other so I was very specific about that but like a lot of times it's like let's build lego armies and have the armies go head to head so it's like I need spaceships so I would just be cranking out tanks and spaceships and pirate ships and all sorts of stuff and just essentially most of the time whatever I wanted to do but a lot of the time I need some inspiration so like you just go to a kid like hey what do you want and they're like I wanted this thing and you're like okay cool let me just you know give me a few minutes and usually it'd be like I don't know 15 to 20 minutes and I could put at least something together or if it was something I really really thought was cool I would spend the entire fucking day just like building it or like having it on the back burner slowly because like you gotta the place was huge as far as like a lego place goes and it was perfectly set up because it was just legos and legos and legos and legos and i know that legos is not the plural form that it's just lego but shut up <laughs> there was bins and bins and bins of these things and you would just go all around and the whole process goes from like you get a concept of what you want to make say a fucking spaceship say i want to make one that's kind of like something from star wars clone wars okay well i know the general color scheme for those kinds of ships is like white and red so you go around finding like angular pieces that look like they could go to a spaceship in like white and red or maroon or whatever and then as you're collecting pieces you can kind of start putting stuff together like after building so many lego sets in your life like a spaceship is pretty basic and i had kind of gotten it down to a point where i could teach the kids most of the time like it's pretty simple if you get a long rectangular piece and two wing pieces and then click those three pieces together put the wings on top of the rectangle and hand it to a kid they can go from there and build like something sometimes the coolest shit you've ever seen and you just had to give them that silhouette of an airplane and all of a sudden it's you know completely taken off i also got some time while i was there to work on a few like really cool pet projects like a naboo starfighter that i spent i would say weeks on it was two or three weeks that I spent collecting pieces, refining it. I had gotten it finished and then I would take it apart a little bit and replace pieces because they were the wrong color or like I had found a better piece that would fit there. And um, I also did a motorcycle. I'll post some of this stuff on the Facebook group if uh, anybody's interested. But just coolest coolest job we would get a water slide there would be a week that we would he rented or no i think he had bought it he owned it it was just this giant inflatable water slide and you set it up in the back behind the building and it was totally like enclosed so it wasn't you wouldn't like slide off onto the asphalt or anything um and yeah that thing was like 300 pounds and had to be rolled up at the dried off deflated rolled up and put back in the shed at the end of the fucking 
day or week or whatever and oh my god thing was heavy yeah oh it was every day that it had to, well every day we used it which i think maybe was limited to once a week but it was like 300 pounds dry <laughs> and then it would be basically wet at the end of the day still anyway i really enjoyed my time there and um it just got to the point where it was just not making enough money especially during the school year you're only working an hour a day because you would go i would go to every single one of the schools that was close by in columbia county and richmond county basically and once a day for an hour i would go after school to do a lesson with the kids which usually it was the same type of lesson we would do at the summer camp except now it was like supposed to be their only option like you're supposed to go through the entire rc car lesson with them and if they don't finish it then their parents are going to be mad or something but like most of these kids just don't give a shit about the lesson that you're doing they want that bin of crazy legos over there they don't want because you would have to take these little kits with the specific legos that you need for the rc car and then um i guess the kids saw that as limiting so they wouldn't want to do that they want to go with the free play legos where it's just i would bring bins like i have now i have i don't know they're huge tupperware bins of legos and um they were even bigger back then in the bricks for kids days because you got a shitload of kids that you got to entertain for an hour and my god is that more difficult than it sounds it's like 12 kids tops i think was the most number of them but all of them playing with lego and all of them like young usually like middle school young there were um There were a couple of times when I was at, like, I think it was Evans Middle School or Elementary School, and uh, I was trying to lead the group of kids downstairs to go get picked up by their parents at the front of the school, and this lady, who I guess was, like, a teacher or an administrator or something, she was an older lady, and she saw me just, like, just drudging on, just trying to keep these kids in line, just trying to keep them not yelling in the hallways and stuff and she was like you must have the patience of job i was like i don't know if i would say that but you know for those who don't know job was very patient he was a victim of god's gambling addiction if you want to hear more Come see me on Thursday nights at Joe's Underground at 9 p.m. That's right. I snuck a plug in here anyway. Um, it's an entire bit I have about Job because it's one of the most ridiculous Bible stories. If you just read it, it's already comedic. Anyway, so I'd been doing the one hour a day thing for a while. Wasn't a whole lot of money. And then, um, 
he offered me to be his like administrative assistant basically which was like printing out flyers for the schools going to the schools and delivering those flyers and like doing the email um promotions and stuff like that and then eventually once all that stuff was done and i had that on like auto send every week like it should have been in the first place it was it came down to just sorting legos so i would be like just sorting legos or like folding flyers or like making instructions and watching the star wars the clone wars on my phone like all day which was also cool but not nearly as cool as like getting to build cool stuff so after a while i realized that it just money just wasn't there i needed to make enough to you know support everybody so i decided i would find another job that paid more and the job that i found was selling cars for sunbelt nissan and let me tell you what not my line of work whatsoever and like Anybody that's in sales is probably gonna make fun of me for being, like, the, that guy that got in it and quit after two months because he, like, oh, couldn't hack it. Couldn't hack it, huh? And, no, I couldn't at all. It was awful. Like, everybody was lying all the time, whether it's a customer, a manager, another fellow salesman. Nobody is on the same side ever. At least at that dealership, I don't know. Maybe, like, other places are different, but I feel like the way that it's designed is pretty much to foster that. It's pretty much just... Uh, dog eat dog. That's what it is. It's, like, the very typical way of describing it. But, you know. I did that for a little while. Two months, to be precise... And while I was working there, hated it so much. Like, the way that the pay scale works was if you didn't sell any cars and they had to pay you minimum wage, which is required by law, then you owed them that money after they have paid it to you. So, if you make money off of a car next week, that money's got to go to paying back what you paid, what you got paid last week. And then this week you didn't make anything, so they add on the other, you know, minimum wage check from this week. And so on and so on, so that you're basically an indentured servant to them for as long as they can keep you. Although, I think I still had some of that shit left when I left and I never paid it back. Like, I don't think they can legally come after you for it if you just fucking quit like it's not like you actually owe them that money it's just that you're never gonna make more money unless you make enough to get out of the hole um so they can just keep you at minimum wage no matter how good you're doing well not no matter how good you're doing if you're a fucking phenomenal salesman obviously you don't have to worry about that but i was not because i'm not a liar um I hated screwing people over. The times that I did actually manage to sell a car, I felt like a piece of shit. And that's pretty much the, like, my entire takeaway from that job was like, oh, I'm not enough of a piece of shit to do this. So I decided I was going to find whatever the next 
best paying job that I could find that was steady would be and one of the guys that was working at the car place suggested I work for this company called Feral Electric. He was like, we just be, you know, putting in wall outlets and switches and stuff. It seems pretty simple. They hired me on after one interview. Took them two days. And I was like, at that point in my life, I had never gotten a job that fast. Nobody ever hires you, like, on the fucking spot anymore. It's always like we'll get back to you. And then they take like two weeks. And then by the time they get back to you, it's like, oh, well, I already got a job somewhere else. But this place, small, not well, relatively small, uh, electrical company in the area. And, um, just walked in there, had no experience whatsoever in construction had just heard about the place, go in for the interview or whatever, give him my resume. He's like, holy shit, nobody's ever come in here with a resume before. <laughs> and um, tells me what types of tools I'm going to need this coming Monday. And I was like, oh, do I, am I hired? Like I have the job? He was like, yeah. I, and like, seriously, I had told him, like, I have only ever changed out maybe two or three outlets before ever in my life and that was which is something I should also get to which was actually at the same time as McDonald's so we're skipping a little bit back here for just a second but I did when I was about 15 16 work for a neighbor of this guy who was near my parents house and um he would buy houses out on like south side and stuff and then fix them up and resell them and uh i would do a lot of help with that stuff so i learned outlets like changing out electrical outlets i learned how to paint i learned how to install a fucking bathtub i did a little bit of tile but like i wouldn't trust myself with it now just winging it you know um but just a huge shout out to him for helping me out with that. And like, I'm not actually going to shout out his name because secrets. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that was a very formative time in my life too. And he would like, that was how I saw uh, Shameless for the first time was he would sneak me USB drives with shit my parents wouldn't let me watch because he was cool as shit. He would, um, and once again, not gonna say anybody's name, but, uh, he would rip Netflix DVDs and put them on a hard drive so that he could have them in his house to play throughout the TVs. Um, so, after, after, oh, Feral, right. So, I started working there, started putting in outlets, doing the simple shit, and um, I very quickly realized at that job, the only thing that was vitally important for those jobs is that you are there on time every day. That's the only thing that most construction contractor bosses like really care about is that you show up to work 
Like, if you fuck something up, it'll be alright. We can fix it. It's construction. We literally, like, build this shit. We can fix whatever goes wrong. Like, I've known people who've fallen through ceilings. I know people who have, like, blown up stuff, like, electrical-wise. Like, an outlet or a disconnect or, like, just all sorts of mishaps happen. I mean, it's construction. You're dealing with high-voltage electricity stuff's if you're not, if you don't mess up, you're not doing anything, is what one of my bosses told me at one point. He said, if you don't ever mess anything up, you're obviously not doing anything, because everybody's going to mess something up, eventually, as long as you're trying. Um, but for real, like, it's, it's a really good job for me, because having ADD, it gives me something to physically do and I can also listen to stuff in my headphones so it gives my brain something to do and then on top of that once I've started getting into the actual wiring of stuff and um, using switches and using different wires to do different shit and learning all the cool shit about it like it's very like cerebral anyway it's like a giant lego set slash zelda puzzle which is the best thing ever for me it's just real in real life um the problem is a lot of them are the exact same puzzle so like you already know the solution it's just doing it again which can still be you know zen uh whenever i'm doing an electrical panel like the circuit breaker box i'll just completely zone the fuck out like it's just you get to just stand there in the same spot cutting in these wires making them go in different directions making them look pretty making sure everything's in the right spots making sure all the labels are perfectly visible so that if somebody were to open up the panel they could tell exactly what circuit it goes to what and like i don't want to talk trash about other electricians either but i swear like Almost every house that I've gone into that's older than, like, I want to say, like, 15 to 20 years, probably. Uh, maybe older than that now. It is 2021, so probably 20 to 30 years ago. There was just, like, no codes about labeling panels. There was no codes about, like, splitting up circuits. You could just put whatever on with whatever. There was no codes about having to have multiple circuits in your kitchen. Like, we use a lot more electricity now than we used to, for sure. And most of this stuff needs to be split up onto separate circuits, otherwise it's just going to over overload. Um, but that's enough technical nonsense. I worked at Feral for probably a year, year and a half maybe, I want to say. It might have even been longer than that, but the first guy that I had that was teaching me what to do, I mean, he absolutely helped me learn how to avoid work, which is a valuable skill in this industry, let me tell you what. Um, <laughs> but the next guy that I was learning from, um, he literally taught me everything I know. He was a super perfectionist. Um, his name's Chris Boaz. Shout out, bro. I don't know if you're going to listen to this. Anyway, 
But he taught me literally everything I know, instilled a very strong sense of pride in what I was doing, and showed me, like, exactly how cool this shit can be, and was able to break down a lot of this shit in a way that was very easy for me to understand and comprehend. And, um, and I mean, we had our fallings out, too. There was one point where me and him were in the crawl space of a house, literally cussing each other out, like, screaming and shouting at each other, because, like, I can't even fucking remember. But we were underneath there, stapling up all the wires that were ran underneath, and, like, me and him had just gotten in the worst fucking argument. And it's, like, already, it was, like, 15 minutes before it was time to go. So I just left the crawl space, called my boss, and told him I was just going to take this other truck that we had and just leave. And he was like, yeah, go ahead. And, um, I don't know. I mean, we made nice after that. We still, I mean, I haven't talked to him in a minute, but definitely um, helped him put in lights at his house not too long ago. I guess that was like a year or more ago because that was before COVID. Wow. It's been a while. Um, so after Feral Electric, it was actually Chris that I followed over to the next electrical company at Howell Electric, which fucking phenomenal place. Like I... Worked four tens there. It's the best schedule known to man. Four ten-hour shifts, Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. to 5.30. Like, you start any later, you're going to have to be at work too late. You start any earlier, it's exhausting as shit. So, it was just that perfect time. And then, um, I think it was while I was working at Howell that I had started doing stand-up comedy. I went to the Fox's Lair one night. I had been thinking about it, writing about jokes and stuff, and trying to come up with different things, and once again, fucking Dylan. He had us going out to Fox's Lair every Thursday night, just because that was just where he went every Thursday night. He had no interest in the open mic, really. I mean, you know, obviously it's nice to have the music and stuff, but it wasn't like he was going up and performing or anybody in the group. And I just had no idea that an open mic was literally just that. It was just, you could just sign up and get on stage and do your thing. And as soon as I realized that, that's when I started writing stuff for it. And then eventually one night, I think I had told Dylan, like, I think I'm going to do it tonight. And he was like, okay. So we get there. I look at the sign-up sheet. There's fucking nobody on there. there. I think there was one person signed up, maybe. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to wait to sign up because I don't want to be, like, right at the beginning of the night. Like, I would like for there to be a little more of a crowd in here, maybe. Um, which I probably didn't. I was probably... Not as good as I remember I was. But anyway, he signs me up anyway without my knowledge. So, well, I mean, he told me almost immediately after he signed me up. But anyway, so I go up there in front of, I want to say, like six people. Nothing like, I mean, yeah, it was new to me at the time, but who knew there would be 
you know, majority of what I'm doing. Um, it's good prep, I guess. Anyway, it was like six people. I knew a good few of them. And I think, like, if I remember right, like, I felt amazing while I was up there. I felt like I was crushing it. I felt like everybody was laughing. I think I did a fantastic job. But, like, I have no video evidence, nor do I want any. As I said on the Lillian podcast, I'm cool with forgetting stuff and then just making up my past later. Sounds way more interesting. Um, I say as I describe my past. (laughs) Um, Just... Anyway, so... During this time, down at the uh, Fox's Lair, I actually met my next well not future well he was a future boss but the next job connection that i was going to have and that was to a company called gregory electric where i worked as a commercial service electrician which basically means changing light bulbs in grocery stores it was tedious i had a van and an ipad that i had to get people to sign And it was just, it took all of that, the Zelda puzzle, you know, um, Lego set thing that I was talking about earlier, took all of that away. It was just plug and play. It's, you know, unscrew, screw back in a light bulb. Or like, worst case scenario, an outlet goes dead. You take the wires off, you put the wires back on, it's not a whole lot of thinking. Sometimes... You might have to figure out what the problem is, but it's, you know, usually pretty big stuff too, like high voltage and sometimes like Publix, they would smash their fryers against the outlet that you plug it into. Not a good idea if you work anywhere in fast food and you're shoving something up against an outlet. That's a bad idea, especially for these fryers because, you know, they literally like their whole thing is heating up and creating like controlled fire inside of the thing. So if you don't want to start a fire, probably don't slam your electrical cords and outlets. Just a tip. Anyway, I was working there when the pandemic started and they seem to think that these light bulb changes in these grocery stores and coffee shops that were all closed was uh, super essential. It was so essential that I go and change out a can light at a closed Starbucks. Like, just made no sense to me. And then at a certain point, like, there was just nowhere that we, like, that I could go because, once again, everything is closed. Nobody needs their light bulbs changed. Nobody is open. And I tried to explain that time and time again to my boss. Tried to tell him, like, hey, man, why don't you, like, give me some, like, sabbatical or lay me off or do something or just pretend that I'm here. Just act like I'm here and I won't say anything and you don't say anything and just, like, we just keep paying me like normal Like, you're already doing for me to just sit at the fucking shop doing nothing but sitting on my ass. But no, they pushed back and pushed back. And eventually, I sort of played it as, like, 
I'm worried about my health here. Which I, you know, legitimately, like, I didn't know what was going to happen. None of us did. So, eventually they did agree to lay me off and did so for about two to three weeks. I think it was three weeks. And then I got unemployment for that, which was cool. Because that was more than I was making at my regular job. Um, and, you know, a lot of people talk about how unemployment is, you know, for lazy people or talk about how people just quit their jobs to get the $600, which is basically essentially what I did. But like, come on, man, if you really hate the government that much, like, don't you want to get their, as much of your money back as you possibly can from those assholes? Like, let's milk them dry. That's all I'm saying. And, uh, when I got cleared to go back into work at Gregory, I decided to show up wearing shorts. And, uh, boss man did not like that. Boss man said, we wear, we wear pants here, so if you have some pants. And I was like, um, at my house back in Augusta, this job was in Aiken by the way, bunch of horse fuckers, Aiken, um, it's seriously the only thing their town actually gives a shit about, but I didn't have any pants, it was a 40 minute to an hour long drive to go get pants, especially since the work van had a governor on it, you can't go above 75 miles an hour, so that drive is extra long, and, um, he was like, well, you could either go and grab them from your house or you could just go and stay home and try again tomorrow. So on my ride home to, quote, try again tomorrow, because fuck going all the way back there again, I decided in that moment, I was like, I'm going to find another job before the end of this week and I will be done with that job because it was just soul sucking and pointless and, like, everything I did felt like a drop in a bucket. Everything. When I was wiring up houses, it was, you know, I was making stuff. And stuff was, like, working. And I love when you get to the final stages and you put all these lights in and these outlets. And you get to turn everything on and see it all work. And you get to control your stuff from different locations like you wanted and... Just get to see people happy with their light fixtures. That's a crazy part because a lot of people will get these like crazy ass light fixtures. Some of the houses I've been working in lately have some dope LED stuff. It's amazing what you can do with LEDs. But anyway, so that week I messaged a couple of electrical companies here, including my previous boss at Howell. And he said he'd be totally cool with me coming back. I really liked four 10 hour shifts, so I decided let's go for it. I'll just go back and just do what I know I like doing because I'm good at that. And, um, I went back for a little while and, um, ended up actually getting offered a job by another independent guy. And, uh, me and my boss at Hal did not, you know, get along so well in the end anyway, either. I'm trying to keep this as uh, drama-free as possible. So, we're going to leave some stuff 
to y'all's imagination. But anyway, I started working for this other guy doing individual contracting where I would just go in and it would just be me to wire up this whole house and to, well, basically rewire. A lot of them were remodels, but it was like rewiring a house, doing all the devices, all the switches, everything myself, and getting it, getting to make it mine, really, which was a really cool thing. And he was really relaxed about timing and schedule, so. Um, what was I going to say? He, uh, I really do enjoy getting to make cool, working, awesome stuff. I, um, uh, long story short, went to do a job with him in North Carolina to do some industrial work, but that, also not my bag. It's a lot of the same shit over and over again. A lot of really big, heavy shit. It's all messy shit. And, um... Yeah. Just, like... Not my style of work. And we had some disagreements there as well. Once again, not gonna get into all the technical... Nonsense of all this drama shit. But... I ended up coming back here deciding that I needed something a little more solid, somebody who had already had an, a fully established business where I could get actual paperwork like a W-2 and stuff and um, not have to worry about whether or not I was going to get paid. And um, now I'm working for Wilson Electric, which I will say once... Once again, I hit the jackpot on bosses, like, and that is not sarcastic, I'm just talking, referring earlier to my games, my first GameStop boss, who was just phenomenal, um, but this guy reminds me a lot of him, where he can, you can tell that he can see your potential, you can tell that he can tell that you are putting in the effort, that you can do this, that, you know, like, even if there's stuff going on, or you do make a mistake, he can still see right through that to exactly what's going on, and I respect the fuck out of that. Um, yeah. And not to mention, I've got some of my favorite co-workers I've ever had working here at Wilson. And um, I think we're all the way caught up. I hope... Everybody has enjoyed it. I hope uh, you come back and listen to more of these. Because I'm going to be doing more probably based on different categories. Like, I don't know. I, I've thought of a few and they're written down somewhere. But I'm not going to look them up right now. You guys just uh, keep, keep it hard, maybe? I, I don't know. Bye. We're able to develop feet.
Throw them to the wolves. Mm-hmm.